Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman, and with me this week is Joe Lupton. Hey, Joe. Hey, Bruce. Back from Europe. Yes. Exciting times. <laughs> Hot times. Okay. So there is a an awful lot to, to talk about. I guess I'd like to start with uh, the issue of how do we read what's going on in the global economy. And, you know, we've been emphasizing continued resilience, and we've also been emphasizing rotation as we move through the middle part of the year, the idea that some of the supports we've had earlier this year in terms of service sector demand are beginning to cool, um, but also anticipating some of the drags, which have been substantial in the goods industries, uh, particularly manufacturing, uh, should start to fade. And I think it's interesting to to think about how well we're moving forward on both parts of that call. Um, I also think there's another interesting story here, which is as we um, talk about resilience, our bottom up forecast reflecting economists uh, in individual countries forecasts uh, are actually looking for quite a bit of uh, deceleration and in fact weakness uh, by the fourth quarter this year with the changes we've had this week in our Western European uh, forecasts. Um, we basically have the DM economy stalling. Uh, the U.S. is still forecasting a recession at the end of this year uh, with a pretty sharp slide in this quarter. So we've got that, you know, divide to to kind of grapple with a bit. Uh, and we've got the, the broader tracking of what we think is going on here. Uh, do you want to take it from the perspective of what we've actually learned this week to, to the degree we have? I mean, I would obviously take us into a pretty concentrated China conversation, but I don't really want to go there. Do you? No, I mean, just to yeah. say that the China data was a little bit of a, you know, continuation of disappointing momentum loss. Um, yeah, I, I think people should expect something by the end of this month coming out of the Politburo with some policy supports and We'd hope to see both something that focuses on the demand side for the consumer and then importantly to get private sector fixed asset investment up and some of the regulatory burdens that have been placed there to hopefully turn things around there. But I, I actually think all of that would be part of a bigger picture, global picture of, you know, this kind of cyclical sweet spot that we that at least you and I have been talking about a sense that. Um, you know, you could get a good sector rebound with continued resilience in labor markets. Um, and yes, some moderation in services, but I actually, even I wouldn't kind of push that story too hard because I think through the summer months, you're probably getting a lot of the tourism type, uh, you know, post-pandemic recovery that is, is going to drive part of that story. So you put all this together. And again, that, that China story just is a little icing on the cake. And it, it feels like you've got just more resilience. I don't think either you or I are like, you know, battling against the notion that something's going to break eventually here. But uh, to call this, you know, by the fourth quarter just feels like the, the momentum's a little too strong here. And, and I could add further on to it a sense that profits, which has really been the central part of the call for recession and something breaking, profits for the second quarter, it's very early, but the tea leaves that you hear are looking like it's pretty good. So that fundamental question of what is it that breaks really, I think, puts at risk the idea that the call that something is going to break by the fourth quarter. And maybe it happens next year where you and I are kind of 
maybe residing and that's that tension on the bottoms up versus top down but that's i mean well, this is not an issue of breaking i don't think at the moment it's an issue of yeah. do we do we have okay to solid growth momentum or do we lose a lot of momentum i mean that's really the call right now um let's leave aside the breaking recession part of this and i think yeah. you know one part of it is what you mentioned a couple of minutes ago which is um you know, how much further life is there in the service sector? Um, I do think uh, there is that support we continue to get, particularly as we uh, continue to have a, a more normal uh, summer holiday season. Um, I think there still is business services demand that's pretty solid. Um, but I do think things are cooling. I think you're see, you're talking about on the labor side, you can definitely see that in the US and you were you were flagging that on the cover, I think a couple of weeks ago. Um, that actually sets up a, a, an interesting outcome, which is if the, the production side of services, i.e. employment and so forth seems to be fading more, but the demand side still seems to be fairly rich. I mean, maybe you get a little extra inflation there, which just kind of, again, further bolsters the-, the I don't look at those point. as different on the services side. I think the slowing in jobs is a slowing in output. It's a slowing in demand. Um, I think those two things are combined. I'm not thinking we're getting some kind of funky know, service right, sector productivity story. People are kind of worried about recession because it's all in the headlines, but the demand is still there. I mean, they're going to they're gonna see, you know, uh, capacity constraints. Well, they're going to have a lot of pricing power to keep passing on those prices. Well, it price, pr let's leave pricing power here for, for a well, second. That's I think I what I'm saying, but okay. What I'm suggesting is if there, if we're seeing a material slowing in, in, in employment in the service sector, if we're seeing the PMIs go down in the service sector, then I think we should largely take that as a signal that the activity is slowing more broadly. Uh, to what degree, um, uh, is that reflecting weakness or moderation is, I think, an important point. And I, and I think we're yeah. both in agreement that that's yeah, likely that's more right. moderation. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the other side of the story is that the, you know, it's interesting. We, we, we put a lot of weight on trying to read a service sector with relatively limited information. And then we look <laughs> at the manufacturing sector where we have a lot of information and now we're going to struggle with all the noisiness and mixed signals we're getting from the data. So, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't here. So in the manufacturing sector, I think it is interesting to, to recognize there's a, a reasonably decent story here that, you know, as we track our final demand indicators, they've been choppy on the consumer side, um, but they look like they're generating growth. Uh, they've been looking a little better on the business spending side. Um, the production and survey data have not yet given us a, a clear signal of turnaround there. So, yeah. you know, one interpretation, of course, is that this is just an additional um, move towards uh, pushing inventory growth slower. And therefore, it's just a it's like a, a timing well, thing. Definitely doing that. The question is, what's the implication of that? Right. Is it a sense that businesses are getting cautious? It's doing it in the U.S. Do you think it's pretty clear that's happening outside the U.S.? I'm well, not, you can sure. see. You can see, um, you know, inventory growth stepping down in some of Asia, right? I mean, and, and, and there are definitely still tech issues to grapple with. And we got some more news on that this week and some of the, the export orders out of, out of Taiwan and the Tonkan survey in Japan. But I, 
I think if I recall correctly, the pace of inventory growth in Taiwan has stepped down quite a bit. Um, yeah. So that's a part of the story. Uh, I think you could see it in the U.S. That. You could see it in Taiwan. I don't think the Japan, Korea data that clear cut. And yeah. then I think the European data. Well, we don't have data, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but the survey data on that front is not very. It's free range to say whatever we want, Bruce. <laughs> well, that's that's the point. We have to we have to control your natural tendencies there, Joe. But uh, make up. I, I, I think the survey data in Europe is just soft on demand. It's also sending some negative messages about how companies perceive their their stock position so that, right. that's the, the case that the finished goods inventory pmi took another step down last month and but it's and primarily the u.s this next week we'll get the flash pmis for yeah. july which are going to be quite important so anyway i mean i think the the manufacturing sector is interesting because we can get our hands around some of it it's i think we're both in agreement that it feels to us like it should be getting close to a turn but it's not by any means showing that clear turn yet. And I think this is kind of where we are in, in a world in which neither one of us is really entertaining, breaking in the in the very near term. You that's, know, that, I mean, that's really central. And I said this a few weeks ago on, on this video, and I've been saying it ever since, which is that there's a, you correctly point out, there's a ton of noise here, both on the goods demand side, goods production side, service side. But I, I, I just fall back when I'm in these, moments of you know huge amounts of noise like fundamentally do i feel like something's breaking and if not then you're probably going to get a lift right I so mean, now you want to you know you want to say okay let's 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 take that and run with it for monday we're getting the flash pmis mm -hmm. like what would be what would you <laughs> kind of outcome would you say hey that's making me feel comfortable that the view is tracking what would you want to see I mean, oh, obviously, I'm, we want to see strength, well, but I don't think we. Yeah, no, I know. Like right. more specifically, what do I do? I want to see like I, I would like to see importantly, the, the new orders piece of that, you know, move back up because that did come off, which kind of undercuts some of the final demand strength we're talking and about it, here. The um, new orders in manufacturing, particularly, which are pretty darn yes. weak. Yeah. 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 I'd like to see the inventories piece continue to stay weak against that backdrop. And so your, your uh, orders to inventory ratio actually moves up even more on that. Uh, and then whether the output moves up or not, maybe, you know, I thought it was going to happen, you know, a month ago and it didn't happen. And so, you know, maybe it's going to happen this month. I don't know. But that constructive mix on the demand inventory side would be, uh, I think, important to see. What's noteworthy, just to highlight the tension from the bottoms up team versus us, is our team is actually not forecasting really much move on the PMIs, despite them being pretty disappointing last month. So I was a little surprised to see our forecast there. Yeah, the I mean, the other piece of this is a uh... A regional one, which is really, I think, the focus on Western Europe, where the momentum, particularly in the euro area, went down a lot over the last few months. I really would like, I, I don't want to see a PMI where Japan and the US, you know, hold up the overall PDM and then Europe takes another big step down. I, right. I do want to see Europe yeah, kind of show some stability here after a couple of bad months and coming into the conversation you you started with you know if the services are providing that lift the euro area service sector emi should be doing okay here it should at least be stable it's not at a particularly low level but the last two months it surprised us and how much it's gone down mm -hmm. so um that's 
that's where we are. Uh, let's leave that. I mean, there's other things here worth talking about. I guess uh, we should mention the central banks that are up next week. We got the three uh, big ones, the U- Fed, the ECB, and the BOJ, which you reminded me is actually in that chronological order. So uh, um, is there anything, I mean, I'm trying to think other than our call that I don't think our economists hold with all that much conviction that the BOJ moves on the YCC side. Is there anything that you can see that's going to give us a a real sort of shaking up here in terms of what well, central I think banks it's uh, certainly not. It's certainly not going to be on well, it could be, so I shouldn't say certainly, but, uh, you know, the 25 from the Fed, 25 from the ECB, that's what we're looking for. I think that, um, you know, I think most people are looking for that. I think it's the forward guidance that in the way they're talking about things that um, we should be watching, right? So we can look to the statement. We're probably not going to see any change in the Fed statement on the, the extent of additional firming, no, no change there. Um, you know, Powell could talk about how informative are the June dots, which actually have two hikes in. And we're not looking, we meaning our U.S. team is not looking for another hike there right after this one. So that's premised on the idea of a, of a, of a U.S. recession uh, starting. I mean, Powell probably is going to say, yeah, the June dots are informative. Well, uh, I don't think that's the only scenario there, Joe. I think there's two ways you get uh... – uh, a Fed that goes on hold. One is obviously that growth starts to feel like it's very weak. But we also have a story here that you could get. You know, you have two more CPI reports before yeah, the September I, I meeting. Yeah, I was going to say inflation. And we do have, and we do have also ECI next week, which yeah. we're actually looking for a low side reading uh, of one uh, percent on the quarter, four percent annualized. That's a pretty decent step down. Um, so you could start to build the case for hey, let's take some time here. Inflation is coming off. And I actually think that's the more likely scenario that we get the pause coming through here. It's just that there's a good enough run here. We've got used car I mean, prices coming off. We've got some right. Look, goods price you, deflation. Yeah, just, you get all not, of that, the fading of inflation, and you've got retail sales that were, uh, you know, which which held up relatively well. you got auto sales that are doing well. You've got a growth backdrop that feels resilient. By the way, claims step down again, and maybe there's seasonals on that, but nonetheless, not. Yeah, I'd wait till the end of the thing. month before we look at claims again. Right. But anyway, but yeah. you get all of that with the inflation coming off. That is going to be. I mean, Goldilocks is going to. We're going to have to up our our probability to maybe well, that be the dominant driver. Goldilocks is already in the markets here. This is the. No, it is. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, you know from the from the top down team here. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna break out your uh, right. team transitory uh, hat. And see how we get get back into that debating point. Yeah. But um, you know, looking beyond that, in terms of um, things going on in the world, is anything you know? I, 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 there is that BOJ call. Um, there is the. Well, I mean, the ECB is interesting because you know we are looking for. Two more hikes from the ECB, one next week and then one one later. Um, we we did get the. I mean, as I said, Europe and you said Europe is a head scratcher right now. We got that pretty darn weak PMI report. You got some relief on on inflation in June. Um, you know, next week we get the PMI, the bank lending surveys. By the way, we get the ECB one next week, and that was a. That has Fed been the a, Monday a after shocker. We get, yeah. um, we get the M 
we get the M3 money report, you know, I mean, I think there's going to be a, a number of interesting reports next week that could color the way the ECB is talking about, you know, not this week's or next week's hike, but the, the one that's coming. So that would be worth, worth watching as well. Yeah. And I guess we should realize that we're going to be pretty kind of, um, uh, not complete, I'd say, but pretty into the quarter uh, when we get the surveys and then we follow up and get the U.S. employment report at the end of next week, the week, week after next, excuse me. Yeah. So there's a there's a debate we're having now, which I think in you know two weeks time, we're going to feel uh, I think that we have quite a bit more information on how the third quarter is uh, starting to shape up. Of course, the yeah. data data can always surprise you as it evolves. Uh, I would just make the last point, which is effectively coming back to what you said at the start, which is, you know, one of the issues here is how well has uh, the backdrop of income generation been in terms of setting us up for the second half of the year. And, you know, right now we're looking for uh, the GDP report for the U.S. Uh, next week to come in with a 2% uh, real gain. That's a little bit of what looks like where the consensus is. Uh, but equally important, uh, we've got nominal GDP growing uh, above 5%. And, you know, to me, that is a backdrop that's positive. We'll see in the end of the day how balanced that income is generated among households and businesses. But having grown uh, at over a 5.5% pace in the first half of the year, um, if this number is right, that is an important uh, reason why I think we don't break. We just have slowed that clock on margin compression. We've continued to give yeah. households income. And then you integrate that with the idea that there is this fall off in a uh, core. We're not going to talk about El Nino today, um, but it's uh, right. other, other risks on, core, on food, food price. Data, and, and, you know, the bank lending surveys, but we're going to get the U.S. one too, not next week, I think the week after. You can imagine that actually further putting pushing back against the bank sector stress uh, who knows uh, if, i wouldn't yeah. forecast loose but no, uh, I, I know but i mean i you could it just feels like whether you know you get recession in the fourth quarter or it comes later or you get goldilocks you know i think as one person one smart client in europe said to me that's the trade after the trade i think right now it just feels like you're in this kind of this cyclical sweet spot so remarkably, we're going to end on that bright note. And uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope everyone's enjoying their summer and hope we can continue the conversation again on JP Morgan TV.